Hey, what's up? This is uh, Surf Dudes with Attitude. Uh, this is Pete from New York City. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back. Hello, and this is Zach from Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm the producer, George Howell, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Thanks for letting us know where you're from. This is... It takes a village to make this podcast happen, doesn't it? It it really it's, does. A, a widespread village. Mm-hmm. How was your day, Zach? You, you know what? A little late. It was pretty good. I I did. Yeah. Thank you for remembering. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I had some uh, some holiday uh, shopping to get done mm-hmm. for some nieces, and um, yeah, it went pretty well. You know, it's a. Uh, how about you? I have a question about your your duck friend. I don't remember <laughs> them in previous episodes, but that might be me. This is a. This was a, a Christmas ornament gift. Oh, that's it. It's kind of distract people from the fact that there's two microphones in front of me because, you know, playing it safe. Yeah. You know, that second microphone or the first microphone, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I think the second looks like the shadow from the first. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It's the same dimension. It's, it's just it's a like 3D effect off. Yeah. It looks like it's cut out like it's beyond black. This one's got a condom on it. So <laughs> there it is. Well, thank goodness. The other one's just just willy-nilly flying in the wind. Quite a setup here. I have a, a battery pack here uh, bungee corded to this. So I'm basically like, I don't know, who's a famous cinematographer? <laughs> I'm that guy that worked on The Revenant. That's me right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoy it. I like your setup. Um, well, we are going to. We're going to trudge on. What's this the is, duck's uh, name, Pete? Oh, I didn't name it yet. We should name it something. This has to be our little mascot. I agree. Obviously, we can call this Sharky. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> Cause, good. Because it's a goose. <laughs> Obviously, we can call it Sharky. I don't want to spoil anything, but we saw a logo Sharky. We got a close-up of the menu from Sharky's in this in this episode. I noticed that, too. And I got a lot of questions about it. This shark is wearing board shorts. Yeah, it's really obese to be a surfer. Again, he can they can do whatever they want. I didn't notice obesity. I think its uh, legs were a bit small for its for its uh, face. The fact that it has legs in general. Yeah, I, I I mean I understand you have to anthropomorphize these these animals. Sure, but it's got it's like that question of like how do dogs wear pants? Would it be up there or would it be all four of its limbs? Yeah, like street sharks were like the muscular version of this. Like this is like your everyday street shark. I did. It did look a little street sharks esque mm. when I saw it. Um, very, very jostling. A little, a little rule thirty four hentai. Um, mm. What, what mm. he's packing below those board shorts, but look out! We're gonna get into all that. That might be the best part of the episode, though. No spoilers, but it <laughs> might be. This... Might have been my favorite part. This this uh, <laughs> this episode's hard. So you, I think you only dig the odd uh, or the even episodes. That's what I'm getting. You really like two, and you really like four. So we got to understand mm. that the fifth ep, the, all the odd episodes are going to be dumb. Okay? Yeah, let's see so, what these. Well, I liked one. So what does that say? It just it means this show is constantly surprising us. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Next week comes in strong. Did you like this episode? Hmm. Um. No. 
This this was a very aggressive episode. It was very hostile. It's very- <laughs> there wasn't much heart there at all. But we've gotten used to we've gotten lulled into this security blanket of love and positivity from yeah all four members of California Dreams. Not so much Jenny, but still overall, there's a great vibe in the whole universe. And then this episode, man, it's rough. It's rough. Though there's one moment of sweetness that kind of ends very quickly, which yeah. we'll we'll get. Uh, you know, we can. I'm sure we both know, but you know, we'll point it out when it happens. Of like, ah, nice. They handled that well. Oh no, not really. No, they did. <laughs> it's like a one-two punch. Um. So this is the fifth episode. This is entitled Dream Man and came out October 10th, 1992. I want to say that. They took a week off between this, so <laughs> I just noticed with the release dates that between episode four and five, you just didn't have it. So do you think anybody was, was sitting there being like, God damn it, like they're not even going to show a rerun or anything? Could they even show a rerun after four episodes? Like a greatest hits a clip show? What was happening in the news that maybe, <laughs> like, was it was it news related? Was it... Was it like network related or was it show related that they You know got... what I think it was? Like what? legit, this was probably like a presidential debate or something. Oh. Because let's just think, I'm adjusting my camera so nobody can see my bed that's not made. So I'm getting really this is... particular. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, maybe over here. No, abandoned ship. <laughs> so we're going to assume that the Ross Perot debate was going on at this, at this point and yes. they had- on a Saturday morning, and it's really important for everybody to see. Yeah, because this is wait. So this is uh, yeah. Remind me, this is a NBC show, and I want to say when it first started, it wasn't. It was a yeah. Because by this point, Saved by the Bell was in rotation and popular, and yeah. so they definitely at some point threw this on. Yeah, it had to be. I'm going to say it was Saturday morning. Teen NBC. Right. Um, so anyway. You know when those debates would come on in the middle of the <laughs> Saturday morning teen programming? Yeah, that's the demographic you're, you're open for. Yeah. Uh, the mechanic on his lunch break. Um, so anyway, we start at Sharky's, as we most always do. And I see this horrific sight during this first scene, and it's Matt sitting at the bar. Just playing guitar. Yeah. And nobody nobody is like throwing cabbage or tomatoes at him. I don't understand how anybody's just letting this happen. Yeah. This is it's it's really cringy. And and the note that the chords that he's playing, it's it's A to C to F to G. And are you ready? Back to A again. And he's he's writing this down like, damn, that's this is good stuff. And even before <laughs> I wrote that down, and then the next line was like, "This is really good." He actually comes out and says it. It's the mo- It's like the four most basic chords, but I guess the joke is there that he says, "Oh no, this is actually awful," which is something I think we can all relate to. As yes, musicians, we think it's yes. great, and then we think and then it's immediately garbage because we have imposter syndrome. Or in Matt's case, it is garbage because it's very very generic. Yeah, I will say this episode had. Uh had pretty real band drama band um the plight of a musician yes. stuff in it 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 really sidetracks with all like the personal sly and jenny stuff that we'll get into but like 
it really sidetracks with that. All the stuff that like Matt has to deal with like as a side kind of a secondary plot to this whole thing mm. uh, is pretty relatable. Yeah, there are some really good moments there and it's going to bring up some good talking points, I, I think. I hope so. But it's because we're we're robbed of like they don't play a song at all as a band. We see them at rehearsal like I think multiple times and they don't actually all play a song together. I'm impressed with this band being able to get together. Oh, this is great. As much as they do. It's almost like they get to, they really rehearse like once a day, which good for them. I wish I could. So, um George just shared some uh some what happened on October 3rd, 1992. <laughs> um, so American uh, Queen of Pop singer Madonna, if you remember right. her, uh, premieres her erotica music video on MTV. Probably not in the morning, but this would be something that's, <laughs> uh, you know, same same day as this episode was skipped. Uh, was all- Sinead O'Connor awesome. rips up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. Uh, that was iconic um and you know what probably at least most of the the california dreams saw that episode well the, yeah they saw it that night i mean who couldn't who could miss it the end of uh, american christianity as we know it we should i don't know if there's a at some point we should have a polls we should have polls with our patreon uh supporters um you know who about topics like this like who in the in the california dreams would have been in support of sinead o'connor yeah and who would would have been like that was too far i'm gonna say tony hardcore support yes we we found out last week or two weeks ago he's uh uh he wants to end apartheid you know so he's very socially conscious so i think he would you know i think he would be on the side of sinead o'connor i think so too it was also the day that uh, LeVar Burton got married, so wow! I would want a national holiday for that as well. That's great. And and Michelle and Barack Obama got married that day. Well, back then, it was just two. They were just two nobodies, you know. Like who? <laughs> who? <laughs> just some wedding. I want to see that. I want to see that marriage certificate. That's what I want to see. That's. And I don't believe it happened. <laughs> That's what we need. We need proof of. <laughs> I need a long form marriage certificate. What is this website, Zach? We're, have you ever sat in a restaurant and played the guitar, an acoustic guitar at that? No, uh, I definitely haven't tried to write music out loud at a restaurant, and I definitely wouldn't go to the venue slash restaurant hangout that I play to yes. like. To like sit there and be like, yeah, just working on the next gig stuff. That I'll play 20 feet from this location. That feels you know. pretty cringy, yeah. Yes. I find it cringy to just watch people work on their laptops at a coffee shop. Especially when it's like something creative. Like I've seen people work on like screenplays and I'm just like, you need to go home. You need to just work on that and then bust it out when it's like perfect and ready. I don't want to see it when I'm getting a hot chocolate. You know, I've I have worked on stuff at at cafe on my laptop or like with a sketch pad or a or a chalkboard. You, I just assume you have a big a big easel that you bring yeah. out. 
I bring that. That's different. It's not making noise. You just Bob Ross that shit when you're at a Panera? Absolutely. Okay. Of course. He keeps getting interrupted. That's the joke here. I also got the feeling that he's got, like, writer's block because he just... Yes. He's going back and forth of whether the song is good. Spoiler alert, it's not good. It's it's very generic sounding, and he outsources the lyrics to Tiffany to uh, calamitous results that we'll get into, but... I did notice in this scene that he's wearing his renegade shirt. So Pretty I think sick. it's te- it's teasing me. <laughs> it's tempting me. It's it's uh it's baiting me into going deeper in this rabbit hole of whether this actually is the renegade shirt. So I'm going to do a side-by-side comparison for a Patreon video and we're all going to be investigators together. I'm going to be like a film noir detective in front of a microfiche machine late at night. I'm going to crack the code. <laughs> So then we see Sly come in with with a terrible vest again, as as Sly does, mm-hmm. and he he says that um, in order to bolster their live performances, Matt should start fire breathing. Now you you uh you blow fire, don't you, Pete? I do. I've done I've done some fire breathing, some fire eating. Uh, have you, uh, some have torch, you mixed it torch in, juggling? Mixed it in with your musical performances. Not the breathing or eating, but I've done some torch juggling and performances. Basically, I'd have to like have the rest of the band keep it going, maybe have a loop for me in my absence, and then do it. But I'm not good enough to really continue that. I'm good at keeping the torches up, maybe doing a couple little tricks, but a torch, it, it stays lit for like a minute, and... People will get very bored after a minute unless you're really upping your ante after each trick. Yeah. Me would just be like, I got it, and I'm keeping it up, and that should be enough for you guys. And then I'm going to awkwardly blow them out and go back to my music. So you would pretty much need to bring in somebody else, uh, somebody with more skin. That would be that would be better. I don't think Matt is the type of guy that could pull off the fire-breathing look. Just saying. I don't think so either. I think in general, uh, I'm all for theatrics mm-hmm. in music and performance. That seems fine. But yeah, it's uh, like, hey, know your band, Sly. Is Matt, is he on a Gibson guitar? That's I thought I was trying to see what the acoustic guitar brand was. I'm pretty sure it's a Gibson, but mm. maybe one of our eagle-eyed list, like, listeners can kind of tell us. Hmm. Anyway, there's a couple of babes that walk in, and Sly and Tony just go into horn dog mode right away. Here we go. One of them is Jenny. The other one is Jasmine. Um, I guess we're reviving the idea that that uh, Sly is into Jenny. Pretty hard. We had a reprieve of it for at least three or four episodes. Because after the first episode, it was it, you're right. They had more of a contentious relationship, but Jenny is just. She's on the defense anytime Sly's around. She does not like him. Mm-mm. Thinks he's sleazy. She's not incorrect either. I think she might be right. So Tiff comes in and she said her dad is out of town on business this weekend and she wants to sleep over. Is she scared to sleep on her own at her own place? Where's her mom? Is Tiff a child of divorce too? Ooh, maybe. Yeah, that, that might mm-hmm. be the case. Yeah, because I don't know why they'd have to preface it with, with saying... Let's let's have a sleepover. So is this a Friday? Because remember, they're technically in school, though we have not seen a school yet up to this point. Yeah. So assuming it's Friday, 
She doesn't want to be home alone. She wants to come over. Assuming, you know, or home alone with her mom. Sure. Yeah, her her awful mother. (laughs) Yeah, it's... (laughs) Her gross stepmom. Yeah. What do you think Tiff's dad does for business? He's gone on business. Um, He's like a door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman or something? What? I don't know. It doesn't seem frequent. And like she says it as though it's not shocking that he's gone on business, but it's also they're very excited that this turns into like a slumber party. Yes. So uh, so it doesn't seem like a, hey, same thing we do every time. Yeah. <laughs> I might be wrong. I'm, I'm getting like white collar parent vibes from most of the parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany could go either way. Could have could have blue collar, like I think they like like well doing well. Everybody comes from a certain amount of money, nineties middle class, upper middle class. But she's too nice to be like a super rich kid. Yeah, she's too nice. She surfs. She gets it. She plays bass. <laughs> you know Eddie bass only, players. Idiots play bass. Yeah, they do the walkies. I know bass players. Yeah, you know about them. Exactly. Their parents are all, you know, skin of the earth types. Just trying to do right by their family. You know who else likes bass players? Jane Fonda. Because we get a Jane Fonda reference in this next scene. We sure do. (laughs) Uh, I guess the girls are eating brownies and they don't want to get fat. Yeah. So they got to, they're like, you got to do... These brownies are great, but you got to do like a thousand hours of Jane with Jane Fonda to work them off. Did your parents ever have a the Jane Fonda workout tapes? No, we didn't do Jane Fonda. There, there was another blonde lady in the nineties that we had exercise. Suzanne Summers. It wasn't Suzanne Summers, <laughs> but yes, you're right. Um, what the. I should Dolly know. Parton. No, it wasn't I, that either. Why can't I? There's only three blonde ladies in the 90s I can think of, apparently. And it wasn't Richard Simmons. That came later. I don't know if they got it from somebody from their church, but the eight-minute abs tape definitely showed up in my house. Yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to get muscular when I was 11 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe earlier. And I used to... Uh, do eight minute abs in secret. That's how you can tell I got this fucking Adonis body. But I remember I used to do it for eight minutes when I knew everybody was asleep, and then I would take it out. Well, I would rewind it, take it out, and I put it like upside down, and I shove it in the shelf so nobody would knew that I was exercising. I've never told anybody that, so but I'm being really vulnerable right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty private with my workouts. I'll do I'll do the gym and that's fine, but like my home workouts, I don't want to do it around any of the people that I live with mm-hmm. uh who have seen me do most things, but I still don't want it. Uh and I've always been that way. What is what is that? I think you're because you're accepting like not defeat, but you're you're saying I have a problem or I don't know. It's embarrassing because it's a vulnerable position where you're getting winded and you're sweaty and you're gross. And I don't know. I I think as a kid, I just wanted to like show up with like 
super cut abs and be like, what? This is just how I woke up. Do you like practicing in front of people or audibly around people? Oh, my God. No. No, I don't. I, okay, I will same. play. I will play in front of like because I'll be bored and I, it just doesn't happen a lot. But I will never just sit there and practice something. Like it feels like I have to put on a performance. I'm the same way. I think this is there's some overlap with this and the exercise. I think it's it's probably a perfectionist thing, and we need to work on it. Oh yeah, I just want to be really this. good at it. Yeah, I don't sing though either. I would find that really awkward if somebody just started singing in front of me, even if they're just like working something out. Like if you're singing in front of me, it should be hilarious or it should like make me cry. So it can't be anywhere in between. It better be amazing. I feel that about singing around others, practicing singing around others, and I, and your your opinions solidifying. It's justifying <laughs> my uh, my secrecy. I sing okay. in the car and alone. I definitely remember my parents getting a Nordic a Nordic track as well from somebody at their church, and that was the ski one where you went like that. Oh, the ponytail guy. No, that was the gazelle. That was Tony Little. That's right. That's yes. the other blonde lady that I couldn't remember. Tony yes. Little. And it wasn't that, but yes. So also during this scene, uh, we see that Jenny has kept a diary, which will come in later. And then I should correct myself. She says a really hilarious line. She's like, girls keep diary. Women keep journals. So, And the crowd's like, ooh, cool. What does that even mean? I mean, I guess it's, but it's still a diary. She's just calling it a journal. It's mature. Did you ever keep it a journal or diary, Zach? Yes, I did. Wow. Can you, do you still have it? Can you read it for us? One you of know, weeks. I, I think, uh, I didn't keep a journal during times when I probably needed one. Like, I, I know there's a lot of value for people who journal, and I I will do it periodically, and it, it is always beneficial. It's good to work things out. Um, But no, we had, like, in grade school, my mom had it sort of assigned to us as part of our writing, just practicing writing. So it was, like, daily write in your journals. And it was just, like, accounts of the day. And so oh. I'm like, like, that's all I spent. So none of it's really that embarrassing or or personal. It's just, like... It was homeschooled, and I just rode my bike and, like, you know, played paintball and, like, stick fought. So it's just, like, it's very, like, and then I woke up, and then I did school, and then I did. Yeah. I would like to know when you flossed your teeth, though, on a certain day. That might be fun. Okay. I'm well, just kidding. Please maybe we'll get it. That, that sounds really boring. It's pretty boring. <laughs> I, there was, when they were, <laughs> when Tiffany, like, picks up the journal and then just starts reading it out of it. Yeah. It's like. Does anybody do that? But the, it just happened to be about her, the line. And then it happened to be about her? She's at least very self-aware of her Pollyanna attitude about everything, which yeah. I was like, okay, they're at least they're saying it, that it's it sometimes can be overbearing, but it, it is adorable. There were a couple of things that stood out that were subtle uh, that mm-hmm. I think give us some some insight into Jenny a little bit. And one of, in this entry, she says, today is my 12th birthday. Who'd have thought I'd ever live this long? That was dark. And <laughs> it's supposed to be a joke and everybody laughs, but it's like, that's that's a depressed child. That 
That is that's, depressed child. That is <laughs> that's happened? rough. What yeah, happened what to happened Jenny? to Jenny that like pre twelve, she's she's already like, I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna like I can't imagine being growing up. Well, she didn't go to the Grand Canyon. We know that. That could be pretty traumatic for a child. Okay. Add that to the list. Yeah. I think it was trying to be a juxtaposition to how happy uh, Tiffany is. But you're right. Out of context, yeah. that line is very depressing. It is. We go to Matt's room. And there's well, a piano in, there's a piano in there that wasn't there in the first episode. He got a new piano with that money from Sharky Gig, probably. You know where he got it? He sold that REM poster because that's gone, too. Maybe it was signed and he got some good cash out of it. Or he's just like, fuck REM. I want to put another Tom Petty poster up there. I think it might yeah. be one of the I think it might be the same one from the garage, but Oh, moved it around. Anyway, Sly and Tony come in. Um another gag. They want to spy on the girls, blah blah blah. And I don't care. This whole subplot is like dumb. But <laughs> they invite they invite Dennis in and Dennis is in this episode. I really thought we were going to get... We haven't seen him since episode one, right? Uh, no, he's he was oh, in... Oh, wait, he was in the... Uh, he was he was on drums in the last episode. Yeah. Or two episodes ago. In one, three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn. I was really hoping we'd get rid of him. Maybe we only get like a small smidgen of him every other episode. Anyway, he's going to help Sly and Tony spy on, on, uh, on Jenny. I don't know what their goal is here before Sly finds out what Jenny's dream man is, which is the name of the episode. Are they just hoping to catch these girls changing or something? I guess, yeah, because they're they're you know it's like, hey, you're you're not watching my sister, are you? And he's like, not till they, or I was till they closed the blinds or something like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. they've been peeping, peeping toms. Hilarious. They're peeping toms. It's classic. <laughs> uh so we jump back to Jenny's room, which is the first time we've seen Jenny's room. And I noticed there was a band poster on the wall. I think it was a band called The Shingles. I looked them up. I couldn't find anything about this band. That's what I, at least I think it says that. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed that, but Tiff is I guess they're playing Truth or Dare, but they're totally playing Truth or Dare wrong. Where they ask a truth question and Jenny's like, "I'm not answering that." What's the dare? And she says, please kiss Sly. But I wanted to ask about, they said you were, for the truth question, they said, what What were you doing in the car? And they said this guy's name was Robert Felcher. So I think they answered their own question. I think what we you- might know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is that his nickname? Because he's constantly felching. I, that's a great question. Uh, or is this his Christian name? Is this? The surname that was passed down. Robert's my father. I'm Bobby Felcher. Yeah, it's Felchin's a name. Felching's my game. All, <laughs> all names came from originally occupations, so it's just it's a family. It's tradition at this point. Mm-hmm. It's Latin for siphon, I think. Oh. But um, anyway, they Dennis helps get the girls out of there so Sly can go sneak in. Um, then we are in the kitchen and Matt is again working on this song. Like his chords he's playing right now are C to F to G to E. 
and he is just so frustrated. Maybe if Matt knew more than like five chords, he could maybe write a whole song. I don't. I've come to appreciate the first position chords more so, um, more than I used to. As I get older, I do. I find myself going to them more, but not playing them. I think maybe it's it's Matt's strumming pattern because it's just so generic. Yeah, singer songwriter and. I guess a lot of that stuff is more about lyrics and song structure, but I was real annoyed here. Um, but we do have some breaking news. I don't want to bust in too much here, but apparently the poster in Jenny's room is the police, which means what? I can't I can't read the but shingles. Looking, <laughs> but looking at it, it did look like three <laughs> British men or two British guys and Stuart Copeland. So I guess I stand corrected. It really. It really looked like the Shingles, enough so that I kept looking them up. And there is a band from Southern California called the Shingles, but they didn't start until like 2018. Oh, but I was I was like, close. maybe they did it from this episode. Who knows? Maybe they named themselves the Shingles because of that poster <laughs> in Jenny's room. Maybe they never got chicken pox, and they're just like, if I name my band the Shingles, I will not get it. Maybe so. Anyway, Matt needs help writing lyrics. And uh, Piff has offered to help. Yeah. And then Tony also lays another terrible line on this poor Jasmine girl who's just there, wants to hang out. She doesn't want to be fucking catcalled by this idiot. I don't know. This is the seedlings of Tiff writing a song about a guy from the Midwest, comes out to California, doesn't have any friends. Is this the story of Matt Garrison? Is this Matt Garrison's story? Yeah. Isn't it the family? Isn't that the whole thing? The family moved out there from the Midwest. Am I? Yeah, because this is Matt's idea. Like he's like, this is what the song's about. This is what yeah. I'm struggling, but this is it. And he's bad. He can't swim. He can't surf. And then mm-hmm. she's like, he can play, play uh, volleyball. Give him, and then he he can make friends doing that. That's your that's your plot. All the trouble I've had making friends, I haven't joined a volleyball team, and maybe that's why. Oh, get ready to live, Pete. I just thought starting a podcast about a 30-year-old children's show was going to be the thing that would make me sociable again. Why not both? <laughs> We're not mutually exclusive. Exactly. We should do a we should do a volleyball episode. Oh, I'd love a, I would love a surf dudes with attitude volleyball team because yeah. We put our money where the, our mouth is. Like we if we're not going to surf, we should at least do something beach oriented. For sure. Uh, maybe when we get uh, some guests on, some uh, some real cast members from the show, maybe they would play volleyball with us. We can do an outing. We can, we can show them around, uh, or they can show us around. They can show us around. Depending on where things are. I don't know. You know, wherever we end up. We know Brentley Gore is in the landlocked state of Nashville, Tennessee, so he can take us to some beaches and and show us some sick ass volleyball courts. This I love this. I used to play a lot of volleyball when I was a child. I was like 15 when I found out that it wasn't volleyball. That it was yeah. volleyball. <laughs> like I was way too old to have figured that finally somebody told me that like why are you saying it like that? It's not funny. I was like, "What's not funny? It's a ball. Volleyball. It's volleyball." I don't I don't uh, I, I think it sounds better you know who know what a volley was it should have been called volleyball thank you i have no segue from that we go back to jenny's bedroom now 
and and slides under the bed. I don't know. He he's like nursing a foot fetish or something, being right close to Jenny's feet. And they all talk about their dream man. And Tiff actually brings up that she likes a guy with fish tanks. And I'm like, hey, what the hell? Hey, I'm right here, Tiff. I also pretend to play the bass. Let's do this. And then Jenny lays out this whopper of a, a man that she loves. She likes Italian suits, fine art, foreign films, French cuisine. Really laying it on thick, and I guess Sly is writing notes. We don't know how long he's down there, but he manages to take her on a date. And I mean, presumably all night. Yeah, so he had to come up with a lot. That was one of my questions was, how much information did he glean from one conversation that he could carry on this con? Right. You know, that he really knows her. Like, yeah, he wrote down, we see him write down just the, like, here's the list of things I want from a guy. What we don't see is, like, all of the inside jokes, the humor, the favorite movies, the, like, past crushes that they're probably talking. The truth or dare that they continue to play, maybe yes. wrongly, but they're, even so, mm-hmm. all night, he's under there. Probably all night, unless they all left for like a midnight snack, and then he's like, "I gotta get out of here. I gotta pee." You're uh, right. They would all have to leave at some point. So some part of his plan with Dennis was would be to come back and and come up with another story to get them all running out of the room at one time, or literally like sleep under that bed. Yes, which oh. is like so. It's it's deceptive and creepy to begin with. Of like <laughs> what we see is just like a little snippet, but to like really. <laughs> understand that he's probably there for 12 hours minimum he is and he's wearing a cat burglar outfit too yeah it's like, so does tony go home being like oh, i guess we're not hanging out sly's just like under the bed wanking it to these underage girls i don't i don't know i don't know i think we should get sly winkle on here and and like a, to catch a predator situation yeah and show, I think show so. him the receipts Absolutely. Does he like this show? Does he talk about it? Yeah, he's a he. He was on a Jimmy Fallon got everybody back together in like 2011 or something, and he was just like, <laughs> you could tell he'd been waiting for this moment for a long time. Oh, he really likes it. I almost watched that uh, interview, and I planned to, but I I wanted more. Uh, it is the original. It's the first season cast. No, it's 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 kind of everybody. So okay, so you I would you'll definitely can, need some more context. All right, I'll I'll wait a little bit longer. You ask me permission before you watch anything California Dreams related. I have been, which is why you haven't <laughs> heard me ask for anything. We go to the garage and Matt is there with a the guitar and I guess Tiffany has written some lyrics just for anybody following along Matt's chords here are C F G G C A minor F G. Mhm. D minor, which he fucks the chord up. Yeah. And then he does kind of a C, B chord situation. I think he messed that one up, too. But he's actually playing. Um, So D, C, B, F, G, and then the chorus is back to C, A minor, F, G. Tiffany busts out this song about Tommy, and it fucking rhymes, and it's got rhythm. It's got heart. It's got kind of a hooky melody. Honestly, the song's not bad. I kind of like it. I was kind of interested in what Tommy was going to do. You know, 
his big swan song of finally finding friends in, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. But Matt cuts her off. He's he's disgusted with the song. Yeah. Not visibly. He's trying to be nice, but... He is trying to be nice. But yeah, he does not like it. Honest, honestly, I it's just as good as anything Matt's written. It's true. Like, it's corny, but so far everything has been. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is you know maybe a couple of tweaks if you want to, but it's all there. I don't. I used to write lyrics, and uh, really, some for my band. Yeah, at Sharkies, <laughs> at Sharkies, in front of everybody. I wanted people's <laughs> in real time reactions to what I was writing. I remember I thought I was really good at writing lyrics, and I might still have some of these that we could bust out uh, okay. for some kind of cringe fest. But I remember I was in. Oh God, it must have been ninth or tenth grade, and I thought I was really deep. And I remember writing lyrics, and I was in a band, and I wanted them to use my lyrics. So I remember leaving a piece of paper with like two songs written. I left it on purpose, but I tried to act like it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And I remember my guitarist at the time. I was like, "Oh, hey man, did you find like you the lyrics or something?" Like they're real dumb. I was just scratching something down. And he's like, oh, yeah, I found him, Dr. Seuss. And that <laughs> that cut me to the core. What? <laughs> for To this day, I think that was kind of the end of my songwriting, my lyric writing really? career. Because it's true. Every other line rhymed. And I, I was so into making dark and edgy imagery that I was, like, forcing it so I could make these, you know, the, the first and third and second and fourth rhyme lines rhyme mm-hmm. um but i really respected him as like a songwriter and lyricist and he was he just him calling me dr seuss and calling me out on this was was kind of the reality check that i needed and then since then i've been an instrumental player because i can't take criticism of course wow <laughs> when are you gonna get over it and write lyrics again oh my god never i'm gonna really I'm gonna put out a poem Poetry book like Jewel under a, a Nanda <laughs> plume. So you never know it's me. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dr. Sweets. <laughs> Dr. Um, Sweets. <laughs> ah, what a tool. Um, I yeah. don't know. You got to make a bunch of, you got to make a bunch of bad lyrics before they start to get good. You got to get the dark, cheesy stuff out of your system to make like decent, dark, cheesy stuff. I never really stopped writing dark stuff, but it, and it's, you know, it's, but it's self-aware, baby. You yeah, know, it, it. it's winking you at you. It's cheesy, it's, but it, it knows better. It breaks that fourth wall. It does. Construction Zach over there. Um, so after we hear this not so bad Tommy song, uh, Matt kind of shuffles it away and is like, oh, let's just let that ruminate and we'll deal with it at practice, which I guess the practice is gonna happen later or the next day uh again i'm very jealous of their their rehearsal schedule it's oh what be young again yeah um anyway sly comes in in a creepy oversized suit acting like a fucking tool he's he's trying to embody this dream man persona and uh i actually i did look up uh Looked up suits from this era and the gray suit. <laughs> I looked up Italian suits from 92 and things that were popular. And um, Armani and Valentino had had double-breasted gray suits that were very similar to this. Oh, wow. The uh, 
one had like a subtle like checkered checkered stitching on it that was that was different from what mm. we see Sly in. But Brad Pitt in the nineteen ninety two uh movie Cool World, if you remember that. Oh fuck yeah, I remember Cool World. He's wearing that exact gray suit. That movie is so fucking bad. <laughs> and it tried so hard because it was like, you know what people like? Roger Rabbit. You know, we're going to give them nothing that made Roger Rabbit work. Yeah. It we're is gargantuan. It. It's such a miss on every level that I think everybody who is into film or Gabriel Byrne, yeah. he's also in it. Everybody should see this movie because they did no compositing as far. It's just cartoons on the screen. No shadows. Just matte. It is just awful. It's awesome. I I enjoy it a lot. Uh, but yeah, it is bad. It's they they missed. They missed on so many fronts. But I love when people earnestly miss, and I think yeah. <laughs> that's a great thing to to love because we're going to be doing seventy eight episodes of this fucking show. It's going to miss a couple of those times. You can't mimic that when somebody fails, just because they really actually think it's going to be great. Like you can't. Yeah. I don't. That's why I don't like the self aware movies. I like it when it's just bad and they're like, this was my dream. I really liked that song that I wrote and then somebody called me Dr. Seuss yeah. and I will live my life in regret. That's You know who's one like. of the famous, most famous writers of our time? His name is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so maybe it was a compliment. Maybe he loved it and he was just like, Dr. Seuss? And he, he was like, None that's of my, my songs Shakespeare. Rhyme. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Well, so I don't know. I know Cool World was kind of a flop, but I do feel like Sly, de- like it came out in July of that mm-hmm. same year. Um, Sly definitely saw that movie. Oh, yeah. And Sly loved Pitt. it. Yeah. Yes. And so, like, I mean, it's an, it's, it's, it's an identical suit. Um, I couldn't find what, who made the suit for That's uh, a great catch. For That's a cool great catch, World. man. But yeah, he calls Jenny Jennifer because he's sophisticated now. Uh, I was wondering, Zach, are you a Zachariah or Zachary instead of a Zachy when you want people to take you seriously? Uh, what do you imply? Um, I am a Zachary. <laughs> Zachary. Uh, not a Zachy. I am not a. Has anybody called you Zachy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People call me Zachy sometimes. Um <laughs> Yeah, Zachy's one of my nicknames, but it's it's only only a few people call me that. Uh, my nieces call me that. I guess uh, they're allowed to. Yeah, um, little Zachy Walker is my is my side project. Uh, Walker's my middle name. Your middle name's Walker. How do we not ever ever know this? Zachary Walker Fable, because uh, Fable is my real last name, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, uh, in you should yep. be doing the walkies on the base. That's good. I'm thinking about it. We are back at Sharky's, and Jenny is just she's being really contemplative, and she's like, "Is Sly hot?" And I wanted to ask you that: is is Sly objectively good looking? Um, putting aside his slime ball attitude, and he's a little smug, but he, I mean, he does get shirtless in this show a lot and he is he's very cut especially for what he's supposed to be 16 years old uh he's very built for his age yeah do you find him attractive would you find him attractive um as a person i 
when so we the first time he has a he has a Tom Cruise look to him. That was the first like a young a young Tom Cruise. Color like, of money Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, like when we first see <laughs> exactly. When we first see him before we even meet him, we see him in the intro to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And not knowing that he was going to be the character he was. It's like, ah, oh, it looks like it's like a, a Tom Cruise. As opposed to like a Screech character that is like <laughs> traditionally more of a funny looking person. As opposed to, to Brad Pitt in Cool World. You know, <laughs> like, well, we get, we get other side characters in shows like this that are playing a character that's obnoxious and might have to do more to be suave. Yeah. Sly has such a an unattractive personality that like he leads so hard with it really is hard to like to answer this honestly i think yeah. i think in general he's a decent looking guy though like i yeah I, okay like uh tiffany's song i'm gonna let that ruminate and we're just gonna let it sit let out it there breathe. and we, we can we can kind of come back to it at some point okay yeah oh so so we might have our jenny moments and we might see him and be like <laughs> oh man is sly hot I don't think the fashion is ever going to do it for me in the show. Like, I love the fashion. It's so yeah. quintessential 90s. But I don't think that anybody could come out and, and really wow me. Um, I'm very particular with the guys that I find attractive. I think Jenny mm. later looks really good in the red dress. But Jenny looks like yeah. a 30-year-old woman on this show. So I'm thinking more like, oh, I was a young kid and she kind of looked like a mom. So mm. I found her attractive for that and she had short dark hair which i was like into but again she's become so abrasive and especially in this episode which is justified because she has a lot of rapey dudes around her um exactly (laughs) it's tough to like she's probably always on the defense because like these guys are just like constantly pawing at her yeah anyway um they're sitting at the the table and we talked about it earlier but we finally see the sharky's logo on the menu and it is it's a big buff shark, like kind of what you would see at Grand Theft Auto Beach, like we talked about last week. And it's holding a surfboard, and it's got shorts on, and has full fucking legs. And I <laughs> fucking wish I could get a prop of this. We're scouring eBay for any props from the show, but I would love to see what was actually on this menu. Because uh, we don't know what they sell. We don't, because they're rarely eating more than, like, fries. No, yeah, and they're all it's just drinking like sodies and those yeah. fucking flat ass milkshakes that don't leave any froth. So I'm get really upset by that. Basically asks Jenny to to uh on a date, on a proper date here at Etch. Yeah, and she accepts. And then I think we immediately cut back to the kitchen where they're just getting back and like you said it was like a this is like a full ass date. Yeah. I know we got 22 minutes to make all this happen. I mm-hmm. So, like, we got to kind of move things along. But the, the speed at which everybody lets this happen is alarming. <laughs> like, like, Matt's like, I'm too busy with my, like, yeah, do whatever you want, fellas. Like, mm-hmm. you can spy on my sister and her friends. This is fine. I got to go write this song. And kind of just, yeah. like. Is like vaguely annoyed at first, and is just like whatever. And then, like Tiffany's like, "Wow, Jenny, you might like him. Actually, that's crazy. This guy we've hated for twelve years. Anyway, mm-hmm. now he's gonna come ask you out. I'll leave you be. 
Like tomorrow, they go out tomorrow. So if if yesterday was Friday, today's Saturday. Like nobody is talking, is trying to talk sense. Like nobody's trying to be like, like they don't believe Sly when he first walks in to practice space, like in this new uh, Brad Pitt suit and his new <laughs> new. Uh, he's spitting some very romantic lines, and he sp- comes in with flowers and everything. Like the band is laughing at him. Then, then beyond that, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess Matt has. Uh, Matt never gets on board. He's never on on Sly's side. But he should be. It's his sister. Like if he knows his friend is like conning his sister and trying to get in her pants, and he has, you know, no good intentions with her. Like, are, did we find out if Matt and Jenny are twins? Did we ever get that confirmed? Are they twins? I mean, I think they are. They look like they're in the same age. They're definitely in a lot of the same classes whenever we do get a fucking school. But what? we've never actually heard fraternal twins at this point. But could she be? Are they like Irish twins or like they're just like very close in age? I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't. He he's never team sly about this the way that like Tiffany's just like, well, OK, give him a chance. Maybe he's changed. Well, of course, Tiffany would say that. But d- he's definitely never on the on uh Jenny's guard as much as he should be I think okay well I mean speaking of Sly he looks like fucking Gordon Gecko in the scene and it's really upsetting he's got the fuck <laughs> he's got the oversized shirt which he says later his shirt is from his dad uh but he's got the fucking suspenders anyway they said they just got back from a foreign film after dinner now I I if you would like to know the foreign films that came out around this time I would. I have the. T- I have what they're about, and I want you to, to you to decide real quick, okay. um, which one they saw. Okay. Okay. Oh, so one is called Twin Dragons with Jackie Chan, and he plays twins. <laughs> Speaking of twins, that's, that and it's a Jackie Chan film. It doesn't really matter about the plot. Um, the Bachelor is a Hungarian film. Mm. All right. And that's about a pre-World War One physician in Austria struggles with his decision about which woman he will marry. Miranda Richardson plays the roles of two different women in the film. So again, twins. Twins. Right? Yeah. And the other one is called A Heart in Winter. And this, okay, I love this. Uh, Stephane is an emotionally distant but professionally dedicated violin restorer whose cold heart is tested when his employer's new girlfriend a beautiful violin is false for him. So which movie did Sly put up with so he could go on a date with Jenny? A Hard in Winter. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah, like especially because they, they get back. He's dropping her off in the kitchen and she's like stoked and impressed. It's, it is a music film. Yeah. Yeah, it's a music film. It's the most obvious Mm-hmm. I guess this the second one could have been too, but uh, there's a little bit more. There's room for messiness, you know. Yeah, well, World War One physician where there was like n- no real medicine going on at that time. Yeah, of course. Sounds pretty rough. I'm bummed they didn't get to watch Twin Dragons, but Twin Dragons is a great flick. I'm also bummed that Sneakers wasn't the official movie of uh, the third episode. So. Uh, well, this is also we don't know that it wasn't. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I I still think it was. 
Um, so Jenny tells Matt that she's into Sly and he is telegraphing a spit take to happen like a mile away. Whatever. Dennis comes down as like, you know Sly what? Is- I will say though, like, <laughs> there's a moment of like physical execution in this when he like spits. She's like, she's staring off into space talking about mm. Sly and without looking, like, picks up a towel and hands it to Matt. And then Matt, like, it all happens. It was, it was a, it's a good physical comedy moment. Um, wow. <laughs> it was good. I guess. We're gonna have to uh, disagree on that. I, I, I think I wanted a second take on that, but you're like, it's one take, not. Take. They it's got it. N- well, I don't think it was the spit that was the funny part. The funny part was like her, like it was, it was subtle acting I haven't seen from her, uh-huh. where she, she's like, the way she's staring off, <laughs> like. <laughs> Just continuing, but going into autopilot of grabbing this towel and handing it to her brother. We've got a regular Buster Keaton over here. I wow. thought it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. And I I thought also, like, that was such a simple, like, that's such simple choreography that really you can write in anywhere that, like, mm-hmm. it, I thought it, I enjoyed that moment. That was a, a well-executed, rehearsed, very simple moment that made made the delivery funnier wow uh you hated it (laughs) hot take on the spit take from zach he liked it he loved this episode favorite Uh, one yet favorite one yet for this scene alone i think it's this scene because dennis comes in and he rats on sly for ten dollars yeah kids is trying to get paid i don't know if he ever gets paid that 10 bucks but now jenny knows uh we go back to sharkies and then they're actually Speaking of which, there is kind of a funny line delivery here, and here we go. Your favorite moment of this of the episode. <laughs> uh, Matt is just talking. Oh, he's complaining because he can't write the song or whatever. And Tony's like, he's like, "Do you find me desirable?" And Matt's like, "Were you listening to anything I said?" And he's like, "No." It's <laughs> like I wouldn't either. <laughs> Matt's boring. All right. Well, Matt was. He is boring. He is boring. <laughs> it's true. He was. He was worried about how to tell Tiffany he didn't like her lyrics. Right, which was which, like, which is like, definitely I, something was, we'll talk about. Yeah, it's funny that he like he cut him off, and I was like, "No, I'm not listening." But I was also like, "Man, ta- this is actual band stuff." Yeah, talk more about the band. This is like this is real. Like <laughs> this is you know you if you're a writer of in the band the the lead writer, and you open up the floor to that, and a band member has lyrics that are subpar and don't fit with the rest of the catalog. It's hard. It's a hard conversation. It is a hard conversation. It takes a lot of diplomacy, especially if they're your friends and you like them. I mean, just leave it to a drummer to to not give a shit about what's going on in the band, though. So exactly. this is a very real moment. Yeah. And uh, I also, <laughs> congrats, I congratulate, I think is the word, I congratulate them at this point because... They could have easily gone for the gay joke here where Tony's asking if he's desirable and there could have been like, yeah. whoa, whoa, I'm not like that. And they didn't. So this show continually accidentally is progressive and doesn't go for the, the lame joke. Yeah. They just are like, yes, like that's not odd that you asked me that. And he does actually spit some truth bombs here where he says like, guess what? Not every girl's going to be attracted to you and it doesn't mean anything. 
It just means that one girl's not attracted to you. I was like, oh, damn. Like, and then it finally gets through to Tony enough so he goes up to Jasmine and tells her as such and apologizes for harassing her constantly. Yeah. And then we almost have a good moment where somebody learns something and then immediately it is undone, as the show often does. And the girl's like, you know what? I'm giving you a shot now since you said <laughs> one one true thing. And then you can immediately go back to your horn dog ways. Uh, Almost. We were so close. Let's go so be close. honest on the beach. Yes. And then did you notice their their exit music was like this terrible generic like hip hop beat? It was. Come on. It's not great. Come on. It's not good. It wasn't. It's the theme of the episode where it's all about love bombing, manipulation, gaslighting. Uh Cat calling, harassment, um, orbiting, and and the birth of an incel, really, because we see what happens to Sly later on. Um, but before that, we're we're back <laughs> in the garage. Tiff is tuning her bass, and it's really suspect. She goes right from the low E to the the G, and I'm like, "What are you tuning to? What's going on?" I don't want to get in the in the way of that. I think that's bass <laughs> stuff, but I believe you. Just judging by the tone in your voice, you seem. I was upset. I was also upset. Speaking of tune, did you see her string winding technique on that bass head? No. Those strings are <laughs> those strings are fucking spaghetti. They're like everywhere. And I added that's definitely not on the other bases that we've seen on these other episodes. Yeah. I that's what I used to do because I think it was cool. Yeah. You know, at the same time I was writing poetry and I wanted people to think I was deep. I was yeah. also tuning my strings like an asshole and the strings were just every which way. Yeah. It was cool. It, it was not. It was it dangerous. Was so, it you was so dangerous. An eye out. Yeah, I didn't stop that recently enough to talk. I had a question here. Jenny's, Jenny tells Sly in this scene, she's like, why don't you come over to my place tonight? And it's like, they're at her place. She lives in a house with the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you were the last two nights, fucker. What the hell? The the place you still are. Do you mean the... the <laughs> Like right in there, like we're in the you garage, mean, but you want to come to my house through that, the kitchen, that door up to my room with the shingles poster. That's where you go. That's Got where it. you want to go. Um, they did. They played their new song first. That's what. That's what Tiffany says. Do you start a rehearsal like right after tuning into a brand new song, or do you like warm up first? Ah, uh, typically I would warm up first, but uh, you're short on time, maybe. Yeah, and uh. If they play every single yeah. day, maybe they already are warmed up. Yeah, they don't really need to review. Like, I, I think because this this song, this whole episode is about working on a new song. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that this is sort of like a phase, an era of their of their band where they're they're working on new material. You know, what does everybody have? We got some new. We got some new chord progressions. You might have heard of them. I got this new chord progression. It's A minor to C. To G to F. You're gonna go you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> Throw in one extra note. Something. Put a s D suspended. Or sharp a ninth. Do something. We might have gotten there, but we never hear it because Matt won't allow it. You think Matt plays a diminished chord at all in this series ever? <laughs> I really think thought into it. I really did. Well, I think 
I don't think he puts it into songs, but I do think he he does it in practice. Okay. So not where it counts is what you're saying. <laughs> Absolutely not where it counts. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, he 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 reluctantly tells Tiff that he doesn't like the lyrics, but he does it in a in a real um reticent way, I guess would be the word. Tiffany does react with her normal self of being like, mm-hmm. ah, I just like I wish you had had felt comfortable enough in our friendship to be honest with me and told me earlier. And he's like, he's like, you're right. You're right. I should have. That was wrong. That was wrong of me. And that is the moment that I was going to refer to as like, that was a, a like, oh, they actually, they just talked. They just had an honest. And then he admitted to like messing up. And we finally get like this badass, you know, monologue from Tiff. And then she immediately backpedals, but not it, more in like a, more I could never way. say that. Yeah, like after she says it, she's like, I could say that. <laughs> but she said it without saying it, which is great, but yeah. she let herself be human for a second. Yeah, and what she had to say was, like, even though it was sweet to have the, like, hey, you should have just told me, is also, like, you know, that that yeah. resentment can build up. So, like, mm-hmm. her getting it off her chest was good. And it was like, hey, that's true. Like, what do you think? You're some kind of, what did he say? Mozart to, like, that I that I should care about your opinion of my lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mozart, a, f- a famous lyricist in history. <laughs> was it, was it Mozart? What did, <laughs> what did, I don't remember what musician she, she referenced. What was around uh, this time? Uh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. I think, I think she said, I think she said Billy Ray. Do you think you're some kind of Billy Ray Cyrus? You think you're some kind of William Raymond Cyrus? <laughs> yeah. You think you're going to break my heart? You might achy, breaky heart. We're we're doing our best to, to not talk about the rest of the episode. I think it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't actually get a rehearsal. How, how did the rehearsal go? How why did it Sly, go? Why isn't Sly hanging around for the rehearsal? He's the fucking manager. Why didn't we hear... It's a show about a band, I thought... Why didn't we it hear? It is, I swear, Zach. Okay, like, it, why didn't we hear? We, like, okay, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, I didn't really like your lyrics, um, so I tweaked them, and here's yeah, what I came compromise. up with. And then they play it, and it's like, oh, cool. And then she like hops in with some background vocals with her own like lyrical doodling, and is like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cute. Hey, look, we co we co wrote this, but we had to, you know. I think that would have been good. I think the writers and the music supervisors on the show get lazy. They already skipped a week. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. (laughs) Look, I understand the Sinead O'Connor thing was devastating to everybody, but you know what? You got to throw yourself in work, and that's the only way you can mourn and heal. That's right. Are you an artist Uh, or not? So Jenny has hatched her plan to get back at Sly. Yeah. I don't know how much we have to run through in this. Are they drinking wine in this scene? This is the second time earlier in this in the episode. Uh, Tony makes mention of 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 drinking wine or being like a fine wine, and then this time I don't know. She just said, "Let's have something to drink." They never say if it's if it's wine or grape juice or V eight or whatever the fuck was popular around then. They're in like juice glasses. Yeah, so it's I'm a gonna lot say of it's, wine if it it's is. juice. I'm going to say it's supposed to be juice 
is this Germany? Are they just allowed to drink and they're just cool with it? This might be in right. Germany, and they okay. can just drink. Also, do you think the Garrison's parents are the type to be like, hey, have have it's one okay if you have a little bit. Yeah, yes. it's all right. I don't think it. so. We've seen how that that dad dresses, and you don't think I don't so? Know. I don't think so either. We don't know. If, are they just like upstairs? Is everyone just upstairs while like this is going on? Do you think they're the dad's in the den reading a newspaper or something? That's a great question. Because my family was like always home. Yeah, always just walking around. Yeah, like they're embarrassing me. Yeah, if I had people (laughs) over, it was like they're over with the family. Mm. There was no like, hey, come have dinner with just me. Like, I don't have that luxury. This is a house we share. I would really like to get a chef on here to talk about the, the the meal that Jenny has prepared them, which is just presumably grape juice, yeah, uh, tomato tomato soup and shish kebabs. She wastes most of it. A cultural blend uh, of cuisine here, and she does. She she dumps both glasses of whatever Malbec or Pinot Noir on yeah. the fly, um, an entire bowl of soup. On his genitals, and then I guess the joke here is that she's going to stab him with shish kebabs. Um, she writes something in her journal, knowing Sly's going to read it, and then anyway, it's so dumb. And like the Tony, <laughs> the Tony arc here, it's it's you know Sly gets called out and being kind of a rapey dick, and he's like, "Nah, I like I got hurt once, so it further justifies." me and how I treat women for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then she she feels bad. And then immediately he's like, sees her, she's vulnerable. And he's like, give me a kiss. I asked for a kiss. <laughs> I want to plant a big sloppy one. And then she tries to attack him with a bat. And then we get a fucking freeze frame. End of episode. End of episode, freeze frame, bat attack. <laughs> bat attack. That's what the episode should be called. Bat attack. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that, that, that was, that was weird. I, I can't, att- I told you, I cannot attest to all of these episodes, Zach, and they will have music stuff, but we're just going to have to be strong and get through some of these episodes that don't have much music stuff. And we're going to, it's going to make us better people. Okay. Yeah. This episode should have been called fine like wine. Yeah. Fine like Instead wine. Instead of taking the, the line dream man. They should have taken that line instead. Well, this is a show for kids, and that's definitely like an alcohol. That's true. But they're very vague about it. I, I, I definitely think that these people have probably... The, the nonchalance of it, I definitely think that they probably have a sip of wine. I don't know. Were you guys allowed to have a, a, like a sip of wine when you were growing up? Uh, yes, actually, which is weird how, how, yeah, how reserved my folks tended to be about most things. But that, yeah... That was a, my mom made her own mead and like honey wine and, uh, and wine from the grape orchard that she had. Did you grow up Amish, dude? Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) third generation Mennonite, baby. How about you, Pete? I remember being offered it and on the same, I said no. And then I was kind of regretting my decision of saying no. And then by that point there was only like bush light beers on the table because it was like a family get together and they're like why don't you try some of that and even then I knew I was like 
No, I wanted the classy one in the in the wine glass. I don't want a shitty bush beer. And yeah. Like, seven year old me was like, no, my palate is too refined for that. Yeah. And nothing's mm-hmm. changed. It was a good nothing choice. Nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I had some some shitty beer as a kid too, as like a because it uh beer works well as a like a fertilizer, like a make your own fertilizer for gardening. You can mix it with things. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, you say that so, like people should know that. <laughs> no one should know this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we my my parents made everything like from scratch at home. So uh, so we had some shitty cheap beer and yeah when for that reason because my parents don't drink aside from the like little bits of mead um and yeah that was but that was an offer of like hey hey see how bad it tastes you won't like it (laughs) yeah sorry do you guys remember the 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 beer brand red dog (laughs) yes absolutely okay tommy lee jones did the voice of it didn't he wow no i did not remember that Okay. Um, hang on. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Um, I remember being at a family get together. Um, and I remember one of my cooler cousins was sitting next to my dad, and he's like, he had just brought out a can, and he's like, "Hey, to my to my pastor father, he was like, hey, you know what this looks like when you flip it upside down?" My dad's like, "No," and he like flipped it upside down. He's like, "It's a girl's coochie." And I was like, sitting there at the <laughs> table and I didn't see it. And so I like, I didn't, obviously I was very young and stuff, but I remember looking over very specifically and being like, ha ha ha. Like trying to act like, yeah, I get it. I'm a <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. It does. I understand. But now I'm, I'm looking at the red dog brand. I guess it's a, it's a bull. I'm trying to like flip my head upside down to see this. Um, I don't see it. I don't see if it I'm either. Being, if I'm being honest, but I've also never told anybody that. But this we got a we got a t- uh, a time of firsts here. You're feeling very open with us, and I appreciate that. I know we're gonna see if I regret this, but we'll we we shall see. And um, that that is confirmed. It was Tommy Lee Jones for the commercial. I'm. I just I just took it. Uh, I took a photo from the internet and rotated it. <laughs> does it look like a female genitalia does it look like anything else did i did i mishear him as a as a kid does it look like a butthole i don't I think so tell. no i don't think so uh i'm trying to see which part of it because it's, there's a lot going on here <laughs> okay like you know if it's like oh there it is no i don't ah, think so that guy was such a bad influence I never thought I was going to stare at the jowls of a cartoon dog as long as I have right now. <laughs> this motherfucker never watched Clifford, apparently. So, anyway, I, I'm I'm upset the episode wasn't better, but I'm I'm glad yeah. we like stuck through it. Uh, we have some fun stuff planned. Um, I think we're going to talk more in the after show about like how many times we've had to tell people in our bands that we don't like their their lyrics or their songwriting or something we're going to talk about how that's going to happen so if you guys want to hear more stuff uh please subscribe to our patreon content yes cool shit going on over there but we're going to talk about that and the lyrics pete used to write as a kid uh Um, i mean you jest but i still have a trunk full 
and then we'll be the judge on whether or not they rhyme really well. So yeah, songwriting in general, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get around. But thank you, and we're gonna see you next week. That's the important part. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait. Thank you. <laughs>